We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Shout out to the sponsors. Kel Dansby here. Andreas Hale is here. It's been a crazy day for me. Technology does not like me. So it's taking forever to get this podcast started. But for you, Andreas Hale made sure it happened. He was on me, like, nah, 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 get it up right now. Not now, but right now. And we had to wait anyway, because Kevin Lee kept us waiting in anticipation to see what the hell was going on. Is he going to make weight? Is he not going to make weight? Always some drama around the major UFC cards. We'll get to that in a second. But Andreas, we got to talk about being here in Las Vegas with the tragedy last weekend. 
it was crazy. I was coming in from Arizona. I saw everything. I was driving in at the time. Couldn't believe it. You had people, you know, close to you and, you know, friends of the family over there. It, it was just a crazy situation. Uh, what were your feelings about the tragedy? Um, I mean, it sucks, man. It's, it's a... Uh... It's a frightening little situation where we've got a, a mass shooting in Las Vegas and people dying. And uh, I mean, you know, for me, I, I was completely oblivious. I was up, you know, I was trying to get some sleep. So I had no idea what was going on until like three, four in the morning when I started seeing it on social media. Because usually I, I wake up, I grab my phone. It's just natural for me to look. And I saw a mass shooting. I saw a shooter. I saw a harvest. Night. I didn't even know there was a festival out here, to be honest. I had no clue. You're not into um, the country music? No, and actually, I'll get to something about that, which is kind of eerie um, at the same time, but uh, I'll address that in a minute. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's sad, it's unfortunate, um, but it's just something that I've been kind of talking about for years and years on that. I've written about it. Uh, gun reform. Uh, this man had multiple semi-automatic rifles. He modified them. He was able to carry out basically a, a point-and-click uh, to spray the area. And hit as many people as he could. Uh, you know, over 500 people injured, 58 or 59 deaths. I don't know what the toll is that I've seen it go back and forth. It's uh, 59 okay. with him. We don't include him anymore. Well, yeah, you can't include him. He killed himself. Yeah. Um, it's a guy from Mesquite. Uh, and, you know, for those listening who don't have no idea, Mesquite's like an hour from Vegas. It's like a retirement area. Uh, old people go there to retire. There's no hustle and bustle. There's a few casinos out there. But other than that, it's pretty quiet. So for a man to basically cut, drive one hour from Mesquite to Las Vegas, like he had to have something planned. The thing is, nobody knows why he did this. Uh, but my answer is because is he's white and he's old and he's crazy. Um, you don't <laughs> have to be a mental case. You don't have to be in strike to commit a murder. I mean, Ted Bundy was basically the, the guy next door before he started his serial killings and raping women and, and just kind of destroying lives. This man is the same thing. We don't know why. And that's sometimes people just do shit. And, uh, there doesn't necessarily have to be a reason. So, you know, sometimes you're fed up and pissed off and you just want to shoot a whole bunch of people. It seems uh, like he had planned this shit for a while, though. He's been collecting guns for years, collecting yeah. ammo for years. It, it's weird. He lived a double life. It, it's They say his girlfriend didn't know. Um, that's to be seen. But if she didn't, then he clearly had, like, a whole bat cave full of crazy-ass weaponry. Well, that that's always the problem. There are people that have lots of guns who don't do anything, right? But... Why do you have so many guns? It's always a question to me. You know, if you collect guns, if you feel like you want to collect guns, well, let's not make them operable. You know, you can't operate these guns. Well, now you just collect guns. That's cool. It's, it's unnecessary to have 19 uh, firearms in one place. It's unnecessary to have 40 firearms because what are you shooting at? You know, people are like birds. The only thing you can hunt in mesquite <laughs> is wild boar, right? And, how, and, you know, you could probably kill a wild boar with a handgun if you really needed to. Um, I'm not saying to take away people's guns. Uh, even though I'm not an advocate for guns at all, uh, I, there was a book by Gordon Parks, I don't, can't even remember which one, where he talked about almost shooting somebody because he heard a noise when he had a handgun. They kind of took him away from everyone on a firearm. I've been the same way. I feel like more guns causes more drama and more likely. Imagine if everybody had a firearm at uh, the, the festival. They would all have been shooting each other because they wouldn't even know where the bullets were coming from. They would just saw guns and they would have shot yeah. each other. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean... You don't really know how long somebody has been thinking about things. I mean, we all have our demons. And a lot of us, because of social media, you feel like you have to have a digital imprint where people can understand who you 
example, me, I'm very private. So if anything were to happen to me, people would make up these things based on what I post on social media. But there's so many things that people don't know about me. And this shooter is the same case. I mean, he had no digital footprint. So nobody really knew what his mental state was and why. But people are going to come up with reasons. They're going to say it was linked to ISIS. They were going to say that he was a Trump supporter. Or he was against Trump. We don't know why. He's just crazy. And my thing is just take... Like, you don't need to have so many guns. We need gun reform laws. And all it's going to do is, is another mass shooting, and then we're going to bring this up again, and, and the government's going to ignore it because Trump is funded by the NRA. Even though he said uh, when the Newtown shooting – was it Sandy Hook or was it Newtown? Sandy I'm, uh, Hook, I think. Well, when Sandy Hook happened, he was he had uh, Obama's back. But when, then when you start getting paid by the NRA – of course, you're not going to speak against them. So it's it's a fucked up situation, man. It makes you just feel really vulnerable here. Um, and there's some days I just, you know, for the past week, I, I tend to forget that that actually happened here. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, you're coming in from Arizona and, you know, you hear about a mass shooting. Well, it's crazy because if people don't know, I obviously work for ABC 13 here in Vegas. So it's coming through my work emails. So I see it before it's even really spread like that. And I'm just like, yo, what the hell is happening? At that point, um, misinformation is the worst thing you can get. So working for the news, we have to check everything. So when people are saying there's a shooter at the Aria down on the strip, at the yeah. MGM, at the, we're checking all these sources. And I'm just seeing something that looks like there's five shooters on the strip. So by mm. the time... We weed it down and find out the exact information, which goes pretty fast. Um, everyone else still was taken off with the fake information. But when we got it, you know, just targeted to that area and just seeing all the chaos and people send in videos to our email, to our Facebook. So videos straight from the venue, 20, 30 minutes out. And you just see the chaos and people run and move. It, it was bananas. It, it's hard to even realize what's going on and being in the news it kind of takes you away from the emotions of a situation and you have to kind of just clear that out and look logically and deduce what is exactly happening to these people and all that shit so i wasn't even really there emotionally it was just like yo you just see all this information it seems like a movie just going right. across everything and by the time we found out it was one shooter the guy had a ton of guns he shot out the glass. There's so many questions just running in and out. And then people are looking for answers. So you got to slow down. Um, we, you know, we saw people give out wrong information online. That shit just yeah. causes more hysteria. Like it, you just got to be real careful with that. So it, it was bugged out. The work week has been hectic. A um, lot of hours. A lot of craziness. The photos of the dude in the hotel room. Seeing all the guns scattered around. Wrote a couple articles. On, you know, reform in, in many ways. Hotel security reform was the first article I wrote. And anyone who's come to Vegas and stayed in Vegas, they don't check nothing going into a hotel. No. Nothing at all. I was, I was talking about it in our group chat. I was like, yo, me, you, and our box of podcast stuff, which to anyone else just looks like a mail box type joint with wires sticking up. And we had red cords and green cords. A bunch of microphone yeah. cords. That could be a bomb. Like, and we just carried it into the Aria, up the elevator, and into Friend of Podcast, Marcus Vandenberg's room, to record a podcast. But in no way was it organized, and we just had wires sticking up everywhere. No one asked a question. No one blinked an eye. And 
Oh. It's just crazy to see, man. No one checks bags. No one, no one does any of this. And it has to lead to change. One time is too much. And like you said, with the gun reform, one time is too much. We just keep talking about it. Um, I have friends who are huge gun advocates who own guns and are responsible with their guns. You know, power to them. I know I'm not a gun person, so I don't have a gun. I've never shot a gun. Um, I got caught in, like, in New York. People were shooting at a park during a basketball game and shit. People got grazed, got, you know, quick grazed. Other people got shot. I, I, I don't fuck with guns. It's just not my thing. I've seen way too many people be shot at in New York to think it's cool. Like, that shit's not a Western for me. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not trying to go hunting. Like, no, I, I've seen the opposite end of guns when the shit ain't, it ain't cool at all. So I'm not part of that culture. I'll never know that culture. But if they do it responsibly, that's cool. You also don't need, like you said, 40 guns. Like, if people are registering their guns and they're responsible with it, let those people have, okay, you can have three or four guns at a time. That's it. And you can only have this caliber and underneath. So you can have one, two handguns. If you want a rifle, you can have one rifle. You can have like a shoddy or something. That's it. That's all you need. I, I mean, I, to be honest, I don't even think you need that. I mean, I think there's absolutely no purpose for a semi-automatic rifle. For, I mean, for what? You know, let's be honest. Uh, nobody's really hunting for food. Nobody's hunting. You know, the, the people say, oh, I, I hunt, but it's game hunting. You know, nobody's really hunting for food. Um, if the shooter, Stephen Paddock had a revolver, that shit would have never happened. He did and have if a revolver. He did, took his melon well, off with it. Yeah, well, I'm saying if he was, if he wanted to execute this this plan with a revolver, it would have never happened. No, there wouldn't have been 500 people injured. There wouldn't have been 59 deaths. If he had a six shooter, this wouldn't have happened. Um, well, you know, it's the politics of it all, and and you know, furthermore. Um, it was, you know, the irony of this, and even though, you know, there's so many lives lost, you have to politicize these things, and people say they don't want to politicize it, but let's be real here. People were on my timeline just talking about black-on-black crime, right? People were on my timeline talking about the national anthem protests, and why aren't you guys protesting black-on-black crime? And even though people in Chicago have marched and, and have been advocates for trying to find a way to squelch these things, I mean, it's happened in Los Angeles, happens in Chicago. This was the epitome of white-on-white crime. You had a white guy who is well-to-do, uh, so-called millionaire possibly, owned two airplanes from Mesquite, shooting at a country music festival. It doesn't get any wider than this. No. And, you know, and, and I'm not saying that to, uh, what I'm saying is, you know, shut the fuck up. The black and black crime, right on white crime, we have other issues. We have, we have police brutality issues, and that's what we're talking about. We have racial injustice issues. White on white, black on black crime, doesn't really matter. Crime is crime, and guns are an issue in this country, whether you want to admit it or not. If you love shooting guns, good for you. However, if somebody said, I think somebody on the timeline said, if pizza was killing everybody, I love pizza, but I would give it up to save some lives. Guns, you should be able to give them. People talk about tyranny, and it's always like right, crazy right-wingers talking about like tyranny. They're taking the guns. Look, terrorism comes in this form, because that's the other thing. This was domestic terrorism. Terrorism comes in the form of being denied health care, being targeted because you're black, uh, providing no aid to places like Puerto Rico where minorities exist. That's terrorism. You know, that we're already living in terrorism. That tyranny that these, these white folks are scared of, that, that's what we go through every day. And it's not gunfire. Nobody's coming to take our guns. They're taking our health care so our parents and our families are dying of, of things that they can't get medicated for, or can't get help for. Or we're getting, we're getting killed by the police. Look. ISIS is the last of my concerns because ISIS has never killed anybody that I know of at all in, in America. But I know people that weren't able to get the, the proper health care or I know people that were I, like I said, I have a cousin who was killed by the cops. 
racial injustice is a real thing. So that, there's terrorism on our grounds right now. So we have other things to worry about. And gun reform is a part of terrorism. Um, and it's wild, man. It's just, it's just ultimately we, we need to have empathy. All these conspiracy theories running around, uh, you know, people saying that this was staged to take the, the attention off of Trump. Like, look, man, uh, like I said, I had a friend uh, whose friend died in this shooting. And it's real. It's, this is not a fake thing. Like, m- maybe there was two shooters, but the fact was that people got shot and killed. And, uh, you know, yes, we should be upset about this, but don't try to flip this. A lot of people are trying to flip this as, like, you know, you should stand for the national anthem because of this. No, fuck that. There are still issues in this country, and gun reform is one of them. So we need to, we need to take care of that. And it's just it's frustrating to watch these things happen, especially someplace that I grew up. Yeah, no, it's bananas. Uh, I've seen the conspiracy theories fly, obviously, working here at the station. And it's, it's been pretty cool to kind of get, you know, the facts. And one thing is, you know, they're not trying to hide anything. There is no conspiracy at large. If there is a second shooter, listen, nobody's seen them. So right. it just, it is what it is. You can argue angles all day. We've, you can argue angles, but no, none of us seen guns like this. None of us is, have held a modified gun. Shit was bouncing off the ground with still enough force to bounce right back up. People yep. are crouching. They're, you know, under chairs, next to chairs. So don't argue angles. None of us, it's not angles we can comprehend. We know there was one guy, he shot out two windows in the same suite and let it loose. Um, and it's sad. It's sad for all the victims here. It's cool to see the community kind of rally around the victims' families afterwards. That has been nice. I've enjoyed reporting on some of that. Um... Tattoo parlors out here are doing a lot of specials, $50 tattoos. All the proceeds go to the victim's family. I went and got one on air yesterday um, as part of my package. It was cool. It ran all day today on the news. So it, it, was, it was cool to you know give back and cover those type of stories. But once again, none of this shit matters if change don't happen. And yeah, that's what one it comes of, down to. One other thing is, you know, I said it earlier that I, I'd address it. Um, for me, it kind of hit close home because for those that know, I cover outdoor festivals for Billboard magazine. And people were like, well, you wouldn't be at a country music concert. Well, I covered EDC. So, you know, last year, uh, I, I kind of pulled back from covering those outdoor festivals. And so this year, I didn't cover as many. You know, I was supposed to cover Life is Beautiful, but, it, you know, things went, you know, one way or another, and I didn't cover it. So it's not beyond the realm of reality that I would have been asked to cover that festival. So that, that kind of struck home for me. Um, the other thing is finding out that, you know, the, the shooter allegedly planned to shoot up Life is Beautiful, yep. um, which is a hip-hop festival. More, you know, I mean, of course, there's rock bands, but there's a lot of acts. So there could have been a lot of us and a lot of my friends and our friends were at Life is Beautiful. So just to, to think that, you know, there's more people at Life is Beautiful than Harvest 91. Uh, to just think that so many people that we are close to could have died as well. Like it's there's a reality that America has a gun problem. It's not a mental illness issue. It's not like because there could have been no test ran on that man that would have said, yeah, he might shoot up people. There was nothing. He was At like all. he was the perfect guy outside of the people say, oh, well, he was grumpy. Shit, I'm grumpy. That doesn't he, make me a shooter. He gambled. This is Vegas. Yeah. Like, like this, everyone I gambles. Mean, yeah, this is the state of Nevada. People, you know, he's retired, he's got money, and that's what he wanted to do. No mental health test would have figured that out. And most of the things are flawed anyway. And they found so, he was planning Lollapalooza over the summer. Had it, He had two rooms booked there. Like, the guy wanted to do it somewhere. It is very unfortunate and sad that he pulled the trigger this weekend. Um, but there, there was definitely a problem much larger than him. 
Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, we're not a politics show, but a lot of people know I tweet about politics and whatnot. But we'll, we'll move on. But we do have a gun problem in this country. Yeah. and we, People won't need to admit that. Besides, wait, we can't move on yet because I got a question to ask you, a question I've been thinking about that I haven't even gotten a chance to write about. Maybe I will this week and I have some extra time. Floyd Mayweather. He's been boxing's face and the face of Las Vegas. Let's, he's been the face of Las Vegas sports for the yeah. past decade. His face was on the side of the MGM. I've heard nothing. Guy just cashed out for $250. i am not saying he owes it to anyone. But you would think there would be something. Man, this is a tough one. The challenges of somebody like Floyd Mayweather, and, and I've always, you know, I used to be one of those people that used to say, you should donate, or you should do this with your money. You got enough money to do that. I've always been one of those. I used to be one of those people. Now I'm like, do what you want. It's your money. Um, Time. Floyd, something. Well, Floyd's case is, is, you know, is you know he's all about America. So it, it puts him... It, it puts me in a tough spot to comment on this because, you know, at the same time, I don't necessarily want every celebrity to publicize if they're donating, right? I think that's unnecessary, and I think they do it for the wrong reasons. Um, however, in Floyd Mayweather's case, somebody who's always talking about America, you'd like to actually see him step up and do something. You know, he clearly doesn't care about Black Lives Matter. That's not his bag. <laughs> so maybe America's his bag and his, and his place that he calls home in his bag. I was about but, to say, this is his city. It's, that's the difference. Yeah. If something is your city, like... The UFC is here. Right. And they gave a little something. Like, if this is your city and you're Mayweather, and in large part, Vegas is part of the reason he's earned a lot of that money. True indeed. True it, indeed. It happened to fit the form of what he was doing, and he made it part of his grand plan. If something happens, and you're so close, not, not even just to Vegas, to MGM as a property, and this is an MGM property. For yeah. nothing seems a little strange. And in an age, this ain't, this ain't the 80s no more. This isn't the 90s. This isn't where you can be the highest level and stay quiet. Ali back then was the rarity. Now, we see top athletes in every sport coming out and speaking on it. At least talking about real life issues. It's not just stick to sports anymore. So it is expected that the number one voice in boxing, a guy who just used Vegas... To cash out on another three hundred mil would say something. Yeah. The hell with the money. I, say. Something. I mean, again, I'd like for him to do something, but I just know what I'm dealing with here, and like we should all know what we're dealing with. I mean, for me, it'd almost be hypocritical to say you should do something about this, but he should have done something about Black Lives Matters. He should have. There's a lot of things he should have done something about. You know, he says he sure. donates. He, he's done back to school programs, yeah. and you know, and, and he gets credit for those things. Um, I just don't know what the expectation of Floyd Mayweather is. He's never been a guy that I've ever looked at that he's, that strikes me as a guy who does anything for other people. Um, it's really about him. So whether he donates or not, I don't even know what that means. You know, it's like if he does it, it's like, well, great, but do you really care? And I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. And, yes, I'd like to see him donate, I, but I'd like to see him donate prior to that. I just want to see a community effort, something. He's throwing, yeah. like, really good – not the hell with giving money, because you don't know where your money goes all the time. He's rented out parks, done cookouts. Yeah. He could have just bought mad food to the families, to the victims. You do something hand-to-hand, -hand, you're in the community. Maybe he's, is he even in the state right now? I don't know if he's here. That's, <laughs> see, that's the problem. 
Like it was just there's a lot, man. It's it's just a lot. And like I said, uh, you know, Floyd Mayweather, like the Floyd Mayweather activist thing, passed me by a long time ago. I asked him like in an interview before the Ricky Hatton fight uh, about you know donating to the to the community that he came from or the state that he came from. And he kind of shrugged me off. Um, and from that point, I was like, there's never anything really political about Floyd. He's just in it for the money that he makes. And good for him. He's made a lot of money for himself. But I just don't have that expectation of him anymore. Um, is it disappointing? Yeah, but I know what I'm dealing with. You know, I don't expect much out of Floyd Mayweather. He's made a lot of money and he's going to do what he wants with it. And I can't tell him to do anything he wants with it. But but again, this is no surprise. It's not a revelation. This is not me <laughs> saying anything else. It's just I know what I'm dealing with. Yeah. When he says uh, America or he says that Kaepernick shouldn't kneel, I know what I'm dealing with. It's the at that point, I'm like, level. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good on Floyd as as an individual, greatest fighter, personally, eh, whatever. Talking about greatest fighter, we'll switch to combat sports um, and stay with Mayweather. Conor McGregor said he's whooping Floyd in a rematch. That's not true, but go ahead, Conor. I mean, but with <laughs> Nate, with Nate, he lost to Nate. He said, now I know. Now I know what I got to do to get ready for Nate. I know how yeah. I have to train. These are the people I got to bring in. This is what he no. did to me. This is how I got to switch it. He came back. He worked Nate. Yeah, but, like, again, if I'm if I'm picking up a bat for the first time, if I'm Tim Tebow and I'm facing Clayton Kershaw, you're probably still going to strike out. So it's like, you know, I'm going to hit a home run the next duck. No. Like, he was like, I was getting the better of Floyd. No, no. Floyd knew what to do with you. You didn't know what to do with Floyd. Floyd knew what to do with you. You were in his territory, and he knew to cover up. He knew you weren't going to hurt him. There's nothing you can do differently, Connor. And the one thing that doesn't change for a lot of fighters is cardio. Shit don't change. Nah, you just got to knock people out early, and you're not getting Floyd out there early. Nah, man, it's a different ball game. So you can chill with that. There will never be a rematch. Floyd used you to cash out. You Never used say cash never. Out. Yeah, it shouldn't be a rematch. <laughs> this shouldn't be. I mean, there shouldn't be. be. There There's just be. no reason for this to happen. But yeah, in this day and age, anything can happen. So uh, yeah, Connor can't convince me that he could ever be Floyd Mayweather on Floyd's worst day. Maybe when Floyd turns sixty, but even still, I think Floyd will be in great shape to be Conor McGregor. That's a it damn is. shame. Sixty-year-old Mayweather. Yeah. Versus like what? Forty-five-year-old Connor. Yeah, I think he still watches him in a boxing match. Oh, that's hey, wild. look at Bernard. Bernard's in his 50s, and, and he can still fight. Bernard would whoop Connor's ass, too, so <laughs> it is what it is. That's true. That's, that's, that's not false. Uh, UFC is this weekend. No Conor McGregor on the card. No Conor McGregor in sight, even though a belt is on the line in his division. No yes, Conor so. McGregor, and the drama, though, is continuing. Um, it's bad enough they don't have stars at this point. You don't know if... Their fighters are making cards. <laughs> you, you don't know if the people who aren't stars are going to you know, be there to headline. How do you yeah. even put faith in the UFC? How do you buy a ticket at this point and, and buy into something when many events are just teetering in the air? Yeah, I mean, this whole Kevin Lee situation, I mean, we waited because uh, Kevin Lee, you know, had to lose 19 pounds in like 24 hours and the food was eating tiramisu. First of all, I don't even understand why Kevin Lee would tell the world he needs to drop 19 pounds. Like your opponent doesn't need to know that. Anyway, <laughs> he, 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 he weighs in at 156. He needs to lose a pound in another hour. Uh, so he left the world teetering on whether this would happen again. Poor Tony Ferguson. The guy can't ever seem to have an opponent that's healthy. Uh, everybody's bitching at Connor for not defending his title, but who's he going to defend events if nobody can make weight? So we have a we have a fundamental problem here. So we'll start with this. The UFC is continuing to have a horrible year uh, because main events and fights keep falling out. 
whether it's weight issues, like we just saw Ray Borg fall out with the Demetrius Johnson fight and landed, you know, he's back in it now. Uh, we have the Amanda Nunez. Like, it's just weight issues, weight issues, weight issues. I propose that there should be more weight classes. People are pushing back. Like Kevin Lee should be more responsible for his weight. While that is true, there is a huge gap between 155 and 170. Yes. Where people are just going to be tremendously outsized. Why would it hurt to, to change weight classes like 40, 30, 50, 60, like and so on? 15-pound weight gaps and a 20-pound weight gap between light heavyweight and middleweight is too much. And you're forcing fighters who are in between to cut weight. Cutting weight is never healthy. And it leads to shit like this. There's a reason why boxing never deals with this kind of an issue. You never hear about fighters falling out 24 hours before the fight happens. No, but they like, often pay each other, though. I mean, Broner, you know, he put a little extra money on the table. Canelo puts a little bit of extra money on the table. They'd be like, yo, let's let this happen. So, I mean, title fights are canceled for one party fairly often. Again, how many many fights have been canceled at the 24th hour because of weight? Like, how many guys have been egregiously overweight or couldn't make weight? Nah, you're you're never egregiously overweight. It's like a pound... You, you yeah. hit him with a couple papers, some paper, and you just say, "Let's but get I mean, it off." When's the last title fight that that a fighter is coming overweight? Mm, that's a good question. I feel like it just happened not too long ago, but I guess it's not of high consequence because no. I can't remember. Because there's multiple weight classes. Because guys can compete at multiple weight classes. Like, you know the weight that you can hit. In MMA, it's like you got guys like Aljamain Sterling who are cutting down. You got Ray Borg who walks around like 150 cutting down. It's like it gets a little out of control. And guys think they've mastered the art of weight cutting. But then your body always tells you otherwise. I mean, on The Ultimate Fighter just recently, one of the women just – she was like, my body just quit. Your body quits. And they're shaving insane amount of weight. Like, there's a reason why they need to add another weight class in the women's division because they were women that were caught in the middle. They couldn't compete. What does it hurt to add more weight classes? You know, Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee should be fighting at 160. It hurts a lot more to add bullshit interim belts than it does to add a weight class. Absolutely. So it's like, go compete for in another weight class if you can't make weight, if you struggle. I mean, if you can move around weight classes just like boxers do, it's like, okay, I can go from 35 to 40 to 47 to 54. You can move up and challenge for different weight, you know, weights. And people are like, well, that'll dilute it. No, it won't. There's a billion UFC cards a year, right? What, who, if, if Conor McGregor could be a three or four division champion, that doesn't dilute anything. No. You know, it's like maybe you got a vacated bill, but there's still one title per weight class. It's not like boxing where there's multiple titles per weight class. One title per weight class. Guys can move around. I don't see anything wrong with that. Daniel Cormier can compete at heavyweight, come back down to light heavyweight, fight a cruiserweight or what, what have you. Ooh, I don't DC see as a cruiserweight would be dope. It's, so why, why don't you have – it's for the safety of the fighters. It's ultimately, is what you're doing is the safety of the fighters. Fighters maybe won't be so irresponsible cutting weight if they know there's another weight class they can go to. And it would, it would also prevent fighters from dropping down ridiculously to weights that they shouldn't be at because there's another weight class in between. No, you're spot on. I mean, I shared it on my Twitter. I wrote the article for Champions early yeah. last year. It, it, it's well overdue, man. And there's no, there's no reason not to. If your argument is it creates too many belts, you already have like four interims out there. So you lose that argument. So it, it doesn't matter. You have people fighting comfortably. We can see the matchups we want to see. That's what, that's what really matters. We can see yeah. the matchups we want to see. We can see Khabib fight at 160 against Tony. And Tony can still possibly fight at you know 150 or wherever he wants to go. 
Or if it's 155 and 165, 165 might be perfect for Khabib. And then you have 175, and that's where the Woodleys of the world are. And then the 185, it, it, it just makes sense. It makes sense. And the only argument against it is the UFC doesn't want to pay more people a champion's purse. Yeah. I mean, look, Demetrius Johnson is finally getting pay-per-view points. What? Yeah. Like, like come on, dude. And it's, by all accounts, they stiff cyborg. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're looking at a sport where people are complaining about so many different things, but the reality is is that the UFC's biggest problem is themselves. It's not the fans. It's not anybody else. It's the fact that they don't pay their fighters. They're forcing fighters to do, make dumb decisions because they, they're looking for money. Like, even today, Kevin Lee's fighting for an interim title so he can make more money. But he should already be making money. Boxers don't have this situation. I'm not saying that every fighter should be paid millions, but they should be getting paid more where they don't feel like they have to defend the title the way that they do. So it's, it's just kind of out of hand. They need to figure this shit out. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's not going to change now, but it'll be interesting to see next time us media members get to talk to Dana because it's something we should really bring up. And not just one question, let his ass blow it off either. It, yeah. It's time to have a real sit down and be like, yo, it has to change. Um, let's go through UFC 216. While we're on it, give our predictions. I feel like the main card, I don't even want to pick some of the stuff on the main card. Let's go with the best five fights. <laughs> I feel like that's fair. Um, yeah. Bobby Green versus Lando Venata is one of my top five fights. Yeah, and it's it's like I just did a bit. So Venata's a, a huge favorite here. He's like a plus 200. I find that kind of strange. I know Bobby Green's lost three in a row. But uh, Lando, you know, he almost knocked out Tony Ferguson. Shit happens. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Chris Algieri getting a shot against Manny Pacquiao. I mean, guys just kind of pop out on the scene. And uh, But he's lost his last fight. He lost to Tony Ferguson, and he had a highlight real fight, uh, a highlight knockout against, I can't remember who. McDessie. Ah, John McDessie. There you go. Does that, should that make him a plus 200 favorite against Bobby Green, who's lost to some of the best lightweights in the world? No, I don't think so. So I'm picking Bobby Green here. Wow. Now I'm taking Venata highlight real knockout. <laughs> I just don't see it. He doesn't have it. He has one. Everybody gets a highlight real knockout. I remember Todd Duffy had a highlight real knockout lost to Russo. But it's like, come on, dude. I just don't see why he's such a huge favorite. Because he does wild it. shit. Like you said, one was a loss, but that was a hell of a loss to Tony Ferguson. Um, just, you know, style-wise, the kid can get people out of there. I'm not sure if Green can anymore. Yeah, we'll see. But I'm, I'm picking Bobby Green. That's my upset. Wow. That's not bad. Um, we have Cody Stammen. Stamon, excuse me, versus uh, the French dude, Tom, Tom D. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I don't take French. <laughs> I want to say it's Duquesnoy, but I... That, Just that, call him the fire kid, man. Thank Just you. That him. shit's horrible. Uh, I love watching him fight, though. <laughs> like, his that UFC debut was insane, and that highlight package got me excited as hell before Look, that man, fight. I Duquesnoy, you can't pick against him, so yeah. This is I don't even know why we're predicting this. Fuego. this is... Because it's top five <laughs> fight uh, yeah. of the night. It is. It's not a top five fight. It's a top five exhibition. But <laughs> I, I'd actually say that uh the well, I guess so. You look it's at the either I mean, that between Darius and Dunham. Well, Darius and Dunham's actually an interesting fight. But then you have Walt Harris and Mark Godbeer, who one of those guys are going to sleep. Yeah. Um, I'm picking so a big all... ticket only because he's been on the show. Let's go, Walt. <laughs> Friend of the podcast. Gotta go, Walt. So, uh, let's, uh Leitich wait. versus Tavares. Good fight. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, fight. Opening up the preliminary fight pass card. Did, on did the, someone drop off? 
We lost yeah, the fight uh, due to weight today. Yes, Will Brooks and Nick Lentz fell off today. Nick Lentz uh, didn't make weight. And it's like another guy who didn't make weight. Uh, that sucks. I would like to see that fight, but yeah. it makes a shorter night for us. Will Brooks so. needs to prove himself, though, so it sucks. I want to see him actually be Will Brooks, uh, yeah. which is boring, but winning fights. Yeah. And then we have uh, Darius versus Dunham. I'll take Darius, but like you said, close fight. I'm picking Dunham because I feel like Dunham's the kind of guy who wins points fights. Uh, he's long. He's, he's he's pretty much adequate everywhere on the ground to stand up. Darius is coming off a pretty devastating knockout, which means he probably won't take too many chances. Pick it done by decision. I mean, his two losses in the UFC are to Barboza and Chiesa. Like, I mean, he's lost to two pretty damn good people. So that's why I'm picking him to win this fight. Um, yeah. I like Darius. I, I think he'll be able to win the points fight there. I'm skipping over the main event, women's flyweight match. Um, cause there, or main card women's flyweight match. Cause that has no business being there. Uh, uh, that's going to be our shake shack break. Then we have <laughs> Verdum versus the black beast, Derek Lewis. This is a tough fight to pick. I know a lot of people are like Verdum is a huge favorite and what have you, but I, it's just like what I said with the Overeem fight, like Verdum falls in love with his striking and then it becomes problematic. Um, he should, is fully capable of winning this fight by decision, keeping his distance. Uh, but, if, you know, I wouldn't try to pull guard with somebody like Derek Lewis. I wouldn't try to stay in range. I'd just try to tire him out. And it's a three-round fight instead of a five-round fight where Derek Lewis got knocked out by Mark Hunt. But that was a cardio thing more than anything else. So I'm having a hard time picking this one, but fuck it. I'm going to pick Derek Lewis. Me too. Upset pick. Black Beast knocks out for Doom and sets us up for the fight I've been wanting to see for a year now, which is Francis Ngannou versus the Black Beast. Yeah, Francis Ngannou murders Derek Lewis right I now. I think so. I think Francis Ngannou knocks out whoever. I think the winner of this fight is wins a golden ticket to get knocked out by Francis Ngannou. Well, and Ngannou's got Overeem coming up too. He's not getting also watch. face off. Absolutely. But um, I, don't, I don't think Stipe is going to fight him anytime soon, so that means he still has to knock out another person along the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's, again, it's like Fabricio Verdum, you know, he's 40, uh, but it's just my problem with him is he just falls in love with his stand-up, and that could be his undoing here. He should win. Don't get me wrong. Like, but you ask me, like, if you ask me to just pick an upset, this might be it. Father Time's undefeated. Father Time's undefeated. It's Except when you're Floyd and Bernard, it takes a long time for Father Time to catch up. <laughs> well, you get out before they do, and Bernard fell through the ropes. So I say, <laughs> I say it caught him pretty quick. Crept up on his ass. Um... Moving on from our heavyweight fight, in which, real quick, we're going to touch on this again in a second, but Francis Ngannou versus Rumble Johnson, if this shit can happen soon, sign me up for that. Yeah, true. Uh, we'll talk true. about Rumble here again in a second. Co-main, which is odd, should be the main event. Demetrius Johnson versus Ray Borg. Record fight. Mighty Mouse. I, we got a over under two rounds. I'm giving, I'm giving him the under. I'm going to say it goes over two rounds. The reason why, um, similar to Floyd Mayweather, Demetrius is a very smart game planner when it comes to fighting. He knows Ray Borg missed weight. He knows Ray Borg struggles with weight. So what do you do in a five-round fight? Drag him into deep water, just like Floyd did Connor. Two and a half rounds, round three or four, Ray is going to be as harmless as a church mouse. And Demetrius should submit him at some point or just punish him with ground and pound or what have you. I think the first few rounds is just going to be a matter of tiring him out, whether he's chasing Demetrius or he's getting wrestled by, by Demetrius. Whatever it is, 
you know, he could stop him early. I just think he's going to game plan this one and get a finish. One way or another, this fight's not going the distance. Ray Borg ain't built for a five-round fight. No. Um, Ray Borg pulls an upset, though. This is one of the best MMA moments we'd be involved in. This would be similar. Almost, it's something I asked Borg about. Similar to Dillashaw beating Burrell. Because nobody gave Dillashaw a shot in hell in that fight. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, but Mighty Mouse, we both knew we were going Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Championship fight, Tony Ferguson versus Kevin Lee, interim belt. I am going with the very depleted, very skeletor-looking Kevin Lee, despite the rough weight cut. I know, you weren't a fan on Twitter. You're like, shit, what is he going to do now? He's almost died on the scale. Five-round fight, too? I'm going with Kevin Lee. How? Like, how is he going to win? Yeah, I mean, how does he even last 25 minutes with a guy who pressures you from bell to bell? I don't think either of them last 25 minutes. I don't think this is a fight that goes 25 minutes. Yeah, I don't I see I think it. someone's getting clipped because Ferguson does get clipped. Um, Ferguson has the capability of clipping Kevin Lee, and I think one of them gets clipped, makes the mistake, and gets choked out. And I just so have it that Kevin Lee is the victor in that scenario. But I could also see Kevin Lee getting caught by a Ferguson left hand, you know, dropping down to a knee. Tony taking his back and tapping his ass out. I'm just going with Kevin Lee. Um, it's, I like Kevin Lee, but I just don't like this fight. And the, and the reason is, is because Tony Ferguson has too many ways to win. He's on a toward winning streak. There's nobody that, that Kevin has fought that's close to Rafael Dos Anjos or Edison, Edson Barbosa. Not even close. And in the, in the time that Tony Ferguson has uh, accumulated this nine-fight winning streak, Kevin Lee's lost twice. To Ally Akinta and was it Francisco Trinaldo? I want to say Big no, Leandro, Leandro Santos. He got knocked out by Leandro Santos. Correct. In this time, who are far lesser opposition than people that Tony Ferguson has fought. And Kevin Lee, he beat Michael Chiesa, which was controversial. I never thought Michael Chiesa was that good in the first place. Oh, um, you remember because I was gonna Chiesa say what part is controversial, but all right. Well, because you remember that Chiesa didn't tap, and the ref said he tapped. No, I Whatever. know, but he was going Kevin, out by yeah, any, was, by any was, means. It was over. But if you look at Kevin Lee's resume, and you look, he's a great wrestler, but he's 24, he's inexperienced, and I think that plays a big factor in this because Tony, and, and the scale also, you know, Tony Ferguson is a pressure fighter who stays on you from the, the beginning to the end of the fight. He's exceptional on the ground, so I don't think Kevin Lee wants to take him down. If he's going to stand up, the awkward striking of Tony Ferguson is something that Kevin Lee's never had to really deal with before. I don't see how Kevin Lee wins this fight. That doesn't mean he's not capable of winning this fight. I just don't see it. I don't see it. And the longer the fight goes with Tony's pressure, and yeah, Tony got clipped against Lando Venata, but everybody else, he's pretty much dominated. Um, you know, Barbosa was a hell of a fight for uh, two rounds, and he finished him. Yeah. Los Angeles didn't have a shot in hell. He got dragged. Everybody else got submitted because Tony Ferguson has, has a pretty exceptional ground game that nobody talks about. And then he could strike. So it's like, I don't see Kevin Lee ha- being able to pressure Tony Ferguson into a decision victory, and I don't see Tony Ferguson being that careless to get clipped by Kevin Lee. Oh, I, I think their hands are going to fly. I think Tony leaves himself open and does so extremely well because he baits people in and rocks them before they can rock him. And he's proven his recovery time is spectacular. Um, I, I just have one of those feelings. I, I think when they rush guys up like this, uh, these young guys are taking the challenge. I think we see the guard brands, who's a lot more talented than Kevin Lee, but we see the guard brands, the Connors, the people who just get thrown into a situation with no one on the resume, comparable to the champion at that time, or the person who should win, and they come out with the belt. 
We just talked here's, about TJ. I, I love but, when people are rushed in and thrown into the fire. Here's the difference. Cody Garbrandt, through the UFC, recognized that he was a star and put him in a position. He leapfrogged people. Uh, Conor McGregor leapfrogged people. Mm-hmm. Kevin Lee only got this opportunity because everybody else was booked. Everybody else ranked above him was booked. True, but I, it's hard it's, to say if Kevin Lee doesn't win, he can't be a star. No, no, that's not my point. My point is, is that the UFC no, knew that Cody Garbrandt had the goods. Even though I thought he would lose to Dominic Cruz, they, they leapfrogged Cody over other people, like right. Brian Caraway, what have you. Conor McGregor was the same thing. He didn't have to fight Frankie Yeager. There was nobody else for Kevin Lee to fight. And this, this interim title is more for Tony Ferguson than Kevin Lee because Tony's been the guy who's made weight, supposed to fight Khabib. Khabib, you know, that fight fell through. Supposed to fight Khabib, what, three times now? Yeah. That fight fell through. And then you look, he already beat Barbosa. Nate Diaz is not fighting anytime soon. Justin Gaethje and Eddie Alvarez on the Ultimate Fighter. That gets you all the way down to number seven, Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee doesn't have, like, yeah, he beat Chiesa, but did he really blow, you know, blow our minds with that victory? No, not really, because it's Michael Chiesa. So, he, <laughs> you know, by virtue of elimination. I love that you're Kevin, just, like, shitting on Michael Chiesa this whole time. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like, Chiesa's good. I think Chiesa's a good fighter, but he's not a top five talent. And Kevin Lee hasn't fought a top five talent. And he lost to Ally Kitta. Granted, it was a while ago, but he, he was lost. He like 21, like newly 21. Yeah. But he lost to, uh, what's his name, Leandro Santos. He had no business getting knocked out by Leandro Santos. Leandro Santos hasn't lost in the UFC. Yeah, but he hasn't fought anybody either. And it, like the, the whole thing <laughs> is that Tony Ferguson fought everybody that you put in front of him. And they had to do an interim title because Connor's not fighting. So you had to find somebody. Because let's be honest, Kevin Lee didn't deserve this opportunity. He didn't do anything that blew us away. Most of us would say it should have been Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson we were looking forward to. That was the fight we wanted to see, but they put him on the ultimate fighter for his own life, you know, to save his own career maybe before he gets into too many wars. But, like, again, I like Kevin Lee, but I wish he could have fought somebody else before he would have fought for, the, for this interim title. I feel where you're coming from. I'm taking Kevin Lee on the upset. It's my night of upsets, it looks like. I am very distracted because you got the old black woman, like, oven crock pot joint up there over oh. your shoulder that all like granny's got i'm telling yeah. you you must be cooking some bomb food in there that's that's not yours though it's it's Did i don't somebody, know it's my, my wife's it's somebody wife, somebody wife, in my family. yeah well your wife's yeah. getting down in that battle it's up and to the left for everyone watching it it is fire i need yeah. to come over um have some good food <laughs> All right, so we got a couple minutes left. Uh, let's dive into the wrestling. No break, straight through it. Uh, WWE, we have a pay-per-view. I feel like we say this every week. We yeah, have a pay-per-view this weekend. It is Hell in a Cell. Uh, we're going to preview that all the way through. But first, you happy about the Shield reunion? No. I'm, ha- I'm happy. Why you always got to be Debbie Downer? Um, because... It should be for Survivor Series. Like, this TLC pay-per-view is just, like, in the way of everything. It's almost, like, useless. And, again, I think I said this last week. I need a shield reunion to happen when these guys are all in peril and they need to reform. I don't feel like that right now. It's three against six if we're counting real bodies. And one is Braun Strowman. Well, like, but the the question is, who is the match going to be against? If there's a shield reunion, who is the match going to be against? And then the question is... It's technically yeah. going to be against The Miz and The Bar. And but then The Miz Taraj is going to interfere. So now you got five. And then if you win, Strowman's probably going to come and wreck everyone if he doesn't have yeah. his own match. I just, I, I don't feel like because there's so many pay per views, we haven't built to the point where we're, it, it has to happen. 
right? Like, I feel like a Survivor Series match or the newly announced War Games that's happening in NXT, then I'd love to see a War Games with the Shield versus Braun and the Bar, right? The Miz is in there just for continuously purposes. They just kind of were like, well, you already started this year. It feels like they're writing from week to week and then changing up. Like, I think they, they kind of heard people were like, yeah, the Miz is not really some guys that should be able to beat the Shield. Well, I thought um, Roman would want the belt. I thought they would just want to make all three of them champions. Yeah, but I, I just... Again, it's like, it's happening. I just don't think it's the right. I like. I would like to see it for Survivor Series. I like to see to see Roman get a few more beatdowns. I would like to see these guys actually need each other. I don't feel like they need each other. I feel like they're doing it to try to push Roman as a babyface, because when he's linked with the Shield, the fans are going to cheer. Yeah. So and they feel like they have to do that for that reason. I get it. I just don't like it. I'm not mad at it. I've been saying, you know what? If you're gonna give us Roman, at least what we would say, turn him heel. Like, okay, you're not going to turn not him heel. This is the next best thing. It is. How long does it last is the next question. Oh, they at least got to run for at least until Mania, maybe longer. This can't just be a stopgap. It can't be. Mm, it yes can't it be can. a, a Roman turning on them at Royal Rumble and pulling the Seth on them. At, like, that shit's corny. I feel like they're going to treat it like one night only. The Shield reunites, and then they got to go their separate ways. Oh, that'd be horrible. Oh, I, I hate Vince. Uh, you might be right, but I hate Vince if that's the case. That shit sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on to Hell in a Cell, and Bray Wyatt, are you back on the bandwagon? I, we, by this point, we've both read the spoilers, I'm assuming. No, this is dumb. <laughs> I need a physical sister Abigail to be this is ridiculous. And yeah, get a woman to Bray, be sister Abigail. This means yeah, Bray is going to beat Finn because it's going to be normal Finn against uh, superhuman sister Abigail Bray. It's like why? Like the question is, he's lost so many times to Finn. Like you're pretty much just stalling Finn out at this point for a Bray Wyatt feud for him to become sister Abigail, and it's been to the point of nausea where we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Like the Randy Orton food we feud we raided for sister abigail and she just burned up in the fucking house so <laughs> what's the point i i mean go get somebody to be sister abigail like we and you know it could have been Nikki plenty Cross, of women but, in nxt yeah plenty of yeah women. it could or you get somebody from the outside like get somebody from the million do something like bray wyatt is a cross-dresser i'm cool like we already had gold dust i'm good <laughs> you gotta be cross-dresser they're not gonna put him in a skirt he's just gonna be yeah. possessed he might be in a skirt dude That'd be horrible. I've seen enough skirts with sanity in NXT. I, yeah. I don't need to see another skirt. All right, so yeah. Hell in a Cell. We're running down the list. Um, let's see. Pre-show match. I know you love your pre-shows. Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin, American Alpha Part 2, versus the Hype Bros. You know why this match is happening, right? Yeah, because Zack Ryder is turning on Mojo. There you go. So Gable and Shelton Benjamin win. Zack Ryder turns on Mojo Rawley. Who cares? Yeah, that's going to be whack. Even though I like the hype bros. They didn't give them a fair shake. I think, <laughs> listen, there are no NXT tag teams left on the main roster. From like the resurgence, the revival yeah. of NXT tag teams, because the revival are injured. Enzo and Cass are done. American Alpha are done and broken up. And the hype bros are done and broken up. After this weekend. Yeah. 
And the VOD villains, you just got eight in English by himself. That's it. The last mm. ones are uh, the dudes who look like the Legion of Doom. The Ascension? The Ascension. Yeah, they're still attacking. They're the last ones. <sighs> wow. You're right. They outlasted everyone. Vince has ruined. Uh, look how great NXT tag teams were. Yeah. DIY. Done. Vince hates tag team wrestling. That's all I can attribute <laughs> to this too. That's That is so very true. Uh, that Dusty Rhodes classic was so good for a second, and Vince shit all over it. Yep. Then we have, let's see, Natalia versus Charlotte. Oh, well, I skipped around a bit. Oh, we can start there. Charlotte should win. She should win. Not too sure if she will win, though. I'm picking um, Natalia. I, I think Charlotte, they somehow have to drag this out, especially since Asuka's on Raw. There's no new female talent. And I think Charlotte wins at that Starcade pay-per-view. Or not even pay-per-view, house show. It's possible. Um, the, the only problem, the only hesitation that I have with Charlotte not winning is because she tapped out to Natalia on SmackDown. And usually that's that reverse psychology. If you lose, you end up winning. But then it also will apply to this Baron Corbin AJ Styles match. So I don't know if that's necessarily going to be true. Um, eh, I'm going to go say Natalia retained somehow. When is Carmella cashing this thing in, by the way? I feel like never. Oh, I forgot she still had the briefcase. Yeah. No, that's very true. I have no clue. Uh, that's how much I, I don't even notice her. But it is funny exactly. that she's carrying around uh, EDSM style. Yeah. It's Whatever. getting real PG-13 anyway. on the SmackDown. Um, next up, we have Rusev versus Randy Orton. I didn't even know this match was going on. I'm going to go ahead and pick Rusev because Randy Orton already got that quick pin at SummerSlam. And Rusev needs to boost as a heel. Uh, I feel like they're running thin on heels on, on SmackDown. And Randy Orton should be at the stage in his career where he can put a guy over like Rusev. So put him over. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I'm taking Rusev too. I just don't care about Orton right now. Him and Jinder Mahal wrecked SmackDown. So uh, it set it back like a smooth year. Yeah. AJ Styles had it up here. That shit went whoop right after them. Um, Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler. Which Ziggler entrance will we get? I don't care. Um, I'm just really thoroughly confused by this whole thing because Bobby Roode's a babyface, which I just don't get. Um, and Dolph Ziggler, he went through all this shit with Dolph for him to lose to Bobby Roode because that's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's it. it like, but it, I, I, they let him be funny for the time being. Yeah, I just don't I don't understand the point of it all, but Bobby Roode's going to get the victory here. Um, just just wake me up when he turned him heel. That's the only thing I care about with Bobby Roode. Styles versus Corbin. This is where I said that whole psychology thing, because Corbin lost clean to Dillinger, which means he should beat AJ Styles, which means that AJ Styles will be propelled to the main event picture. I don't think it's going to happen. I think AJ Styles needs to hold on to this belt a little bit longer, uh, beat Corbin. I just have no idea who he fused with next. And that's the only problem I have with AJ winning. Who is he face next? Rusev? Ah, uh, I think that's a very, very good question. I'm going to say Styles Rude is what we get next. The Rude's a heel? Yeah. And I think they, they use this as just Rude's introductory match, and then Rude becomes Rude. Who well, he is. Maybe. Versus Styles. But I had Big Banter winning. So Corbin wins for the reasons you just laid out, and yeah. then um, and then we'll see who takes on you know Corbin next. I, I don't know who because it seems like he's done like the mid card guys. He's gone through that gauntlet. 
But we'll see. Maybe Rude goes against Corbin. And then we have Styles and Rusev. And we just kind of reshuffle stuff. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much my surprise pick. I like Corbin there. We have New Day versus the Usos in a Hell in a Cell. I think it's going to be a great match. I don't really care who wins. I, I'm going to say the Usos. I like the hot potato of the belts. I don't care. I'm going to pick the New Day. Um, yeah, the Usos have been great. I just I think the, the belt needs to stop somewhere just for a second. Um, and I think that the Usos have been excellent. And I, I, just, I don't think this shit is over, which is strange. They market like, it I, as the end. And I don't want it to be the end. Yeah, because they really have nowhere else to turn to for these two teams. No. So, but I'm going to say the New Day wins, and then there'll be some combination of these guys at Survivor Series. Yeah, I think the we... New Day, it's, yeah. Yeah, Fashion and Police. The, well, Gable, shit. Sheldon, Benjamin. Hmm. Authors of Pain should be arriving soon. I think... I don't know. November. Yeah. they might Late November, early December. Yeah, I, I think they'll hold them off until that point, which means the, the breakup of the Hype Bros... We'll see Ryder go on the team with the villains, and we'll see, you know, Mojo go with the face team. Not that's, see that's either of them. But that's how you get five and five. I think that's. How I don't want to. No, I don't want to see. Look, I don't like either of them right now. No, but all right, whatever. I'm always a Mojo Rally fan. Stay hype, bro. Ugh. I'm gonna get a shirt. Wait until he gets his solo merch. That's my next shirt game right there. Um, we <laughs> moving forward. We got Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Somehow they made Nakamura boring, um, and Jinder's been on his racist tour. But the India tour is coming up in December, so does he drop the belt and chase, or do they bury Shinsuke? Heels don't chase, so... Christ. And to be fair, he's not a heel in India. Yeah, he's a babyface in India, but it, I mean, it's not—it's not Canadian Stampede. Where I was the heart about to say, it's like, like where Heart Foundation goes. It's—it's it's, this is tough, man, because Jinder without the title is a mid card, right? Like, they, there's really nothing else. Like, he—he he loses the title, he goes straight to the mid card. But all this work into Shinsuke Nakamura for him to lose again—the only thing I could possibly see is the Singh brothers getting involved and getting extending this feud even further unnecessarily because it's a dry ass feud. Please no. Um. I feel like Nakamura is supposed to win, but I feel like they're going to find a way to keep the strap on Ginger. Ginger. Ginger, <laughs> Ginger, Ginger Mahal. Yeah, Ginger, Ginger Mahal would be great if, like, Canelo came to the WWE and we had Ginger <laughs> Mahal. But, yeah, I think Ginger Mahal finds a way to retain. I just – I hate it because, like, Nakamura not winning, like, there's no momentum. Yeah. But I, then if Nakamura did win, I'd love to see Nakamura in, in a Rusev feud. I just like Rusev in any feud right now that means something against like a good wrestler. Rusev. But yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Jinder wins. I say Nak yeah. finally goes over. He wins. He beats the three of them. He looks strong. And I think we head into, not to blow my next prediction, um, a Nakamura versus Kevin Owens feud. I think Kevin Owens has the Rockets his back. He and does. him and him and Knock will feud for a couple months, and eventually Kevin Owens is going to take that off. All right, so let's go. Uh, we'll talk about that. Let's talk about the main event, uh, the Hell in the Cell, where Shane McMahon should die against Kevin Owens. But I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. I'm going to have Kevin Owens, damn near killing Shane McMahon. Uh, a power bomb off the cell isn't beyond reason. Um, it's crazy. Oh. Sorry, work email just came in. Comedian Ralphie May, dead at 45. Really? Yeah, Big Ralphie from the Netflix joints. Wow. Damn, his health wow. was crazy. That's sad. That is very sad. Um, wow. 
Wow. Yeah, uh, Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon, I think he damn near kills him. But this is my huge curveball because I love predicting wild shit. I don't think the McMahon feud comes to an end just yet. I think Triple H comes, hits Kevin Owens with a sledgehammer, and that's why we have the no, the false count anywhere. Because it's a hell in a cell. What the hell do you need that for? It's because Triple H comes, interferes, and we see the return of Triple H and gets revenge for messing with the McMahons. And that'll be our WrestleMania match. And they string it along. And Kevin Owens will be champion by the time he reaches WrestleMania. Hmm. Problem with that is I don't want to see Triple H in another title fight. But, uh, but, so, it's, but it's H. And he needs his entrance. Yeah, yeah. So th- I'm very troubled by the false count anywhere stipulation because it defeats the whole purpose of a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. Hell in a Cell is supposed to, keep to contain... You <laughs> it's supposed to contain the guys in the ring. <laughs> If you take away that, then it's not really a hell in the cell match. No, that's a false anyway. false pretense anyway, though, because people always end up outside the cell. Uh, yeah, but it's like, why? So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Shane McMahon because I think Kevin Owens has enough heat to lose this match and be okay, and to continue on with what you said about the McMahon family being involved in this feud. Um, maybe Triple H does come out and, and turn against the guy who he kind of put the rocket to his back on Raw yeah. and explain. It, there's a lot of continuity issues because it would it will require the WWE writers going back to say, hey, it kind of makes sense for Triple A to say, look, I helped you and this is what you did to my family. I'm going to come and kick your ass. The it's whole really, I made you angle is yeah, clutch. I just don't feel like the problem, they didn't, they didn't do what they were supposed to do when they made Kevin Owens champion on Raw and really have him be part of that whole big man's you're my guy type thing with Triple yeah. H. It didn't really happen. It just kind of, Triple H, you know, kind of turned on Seth Rollins more than he aided Kevin Owens. Either way, I think Kevin Owens can't, can't afford to lose this match because of that false count anywhere. That, that's what changed everything. The moment they mentioned false count anywhere, I said, hey. It's probably going to be Kevin Owens losing this match because the hell in the cells, he, one-on-one, he should have murdered Shane McMahon. Like, I didn't even want to see Shane get any offense in. I wanted to see him kill him. He might not. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Shane might not get any offense well, in. And then someone to interfere yeah, so, and cause Kevin Owens. But that's, that's how it should be. Well, that's our pay-per-view. We were going to talk about uh, New Japan, King of Pro Wrestling. We were going to preview it. But you know what? We'll just recap it next week. Yeah, let people know and make sure you guys watch New Japan this weekend, though. Don't miss out on it. Just because we didn't preview it don't mean you can miss out. It's going to be one hell of a card. And it's, you know, it'll ease your pain from what you watch on Sunday. Because, you know, the booking is going to be weird sooner or later. And it's going to upset you. It'll definitely upset Andreas, who will be yelling on Twitter at some point this weekend. Make sure you guys follow us. I'm at Kel Dansby. He's at Andreas Hale. Follow the show at The Corner LSN on all social media. For now, though, we are out. I have to get back to work. Dre has to do whatever he's doing. We're getting ready for UFC tomorrow. We'll be in the building. Until then, we're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.